Hello there, and welcome to the Stay Off My Lawn podcast, where we'll have a little fun, lots of laughs, and discussions on the common sense that needs to be applied to a lot of today's world news issues. And now, the disclaimer. Stay Off My Lawn is not intended as legal, medical, or financial advice. Void where prohibited, no purchase necessary to win. Open to legal U.S. residents 18 or over in the contiguous 48 states. Any resemblance to anyone living or deceased is purely coincidental. Actual price may vary. Only use as directed, not a member of FDIC. And now, here are your hosts, Mike and Richard. Welcome to this week's edition of Stay Off My Lawn. It's July 18th, 2023, and it's episode 26. And... uh, Ooh, 26. Gotta love 26. Oh, I've got to remember to do that in our promo intros. Say what the number is. Yes, uh, yes. Uh, thanks for reminding me. Yeah. I'll put that in. And that reminds me, you can find us on YouTube, and I don't have an, uh, a web address for our YouTube channel. I need to change that, so it's youtube.com slash stayoffmylawn. I haven't done that yet. Uh, but you can find us on Instagram. Just do a search for Stay Off My Lawn. You can find us there. All our promos are on there. And, uh, and bloopers know. included with some of them. <laughs> we don't do bloopers. We're... Yeah, we don't. We don't record. We're not professionals and hit it on the first go round. (laughs) Unfortunately, today, no bloopers because we actually hit it on the first. I know, I know. It's just so unique. Such a unique day. (laughs) (laughs) We were patting ourselves on the back, folks, because it doesn't happen very often. I know, I know. You get tongue tied and then you trip over it and sort of like you look like Joe on stage. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, how was your week? Uh, well, it hasn't been very long, but uh, you're probably wondering, 18th, that's not a Tuesday. You're absolutely no, right. It folks. isn't. Is it? I, I do have it down as the 18th. 18th is a Tuesday, but we are recording early. Oh, we're, we're, yeah, we're recording early. Yeah. I have to be gone going to a memorial uh, for my son-in-law's uh, sister who uh, tragically passed in an auto accident, not meaning to bring us down, but a uh, gentleman tried to pass somebody on a corner and it was not a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, 41 is not a good time to leave your family at any rate. So I will be busy all next week. I will be, uh, as they say, out of town. So we're doing it bright and early Saturday morning. (laughs) I got up at five 30 just for you people. (laughs) He loves you that much. You people. (laughs) What? (laughs) Steve slept in. I haven't seen Steve all morning. So, I mean, uh, I'm, Wake up! Yeah, he's still, <laughs> he's not even there. Like, I don't, I don't think he's even in the building. I don't know. Um, yeah. So if the if the world blows up over the weekend or on Monday, and we're not covering it, that's why because we're recording this on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, it's the magic of editing. <laughs> we're, we're, yes, the magic, but we told you the magic, so it doesn't really matter. It's not magic anymore. Not, not so magical anymore. <laughs> it's kind of taken the shine off the old magic wand. Uh, Bing. Know, Only this time it goes clunk. <laughs> shiny things are just distracting anyway. Uh, we were talking off the air. You said that you get, you get uh, somebody asks you, people ask you about where you got your degree. They assume you have a four-year degree uh, yes. and, and you have to correct them. And I, I got thinking about it. It's like no one has ever... <laughs> thought that I had a four-year degree. <laughs> I wonder, well, wonder why that is. I, mm. I, I think where it comes from is uh, all the different, uh, yes, folks, I am a theater person. Yes, yes. I'm an actor. <laughs> anyway, um, I've done over 40 stage productions and done some on-camera stuff too. And uh, you get some scripts and I've been in three with major parts in Shakespeare productions. So you learn big words and stuff. Some of these people write things. And so I have 
a pretty decent vocabulary, but it's not because I sat in a classroom. I can assure you. Uh, yeah, I don't sit in a classroom. I, you know, I had great teachers in high school, though. I, I mean, and I went to a great high school, Charlotte County or Charlotte High School in Punta Gorda, Florida and Charlotte County, Florida. And we, we just had, in, when I graduated in 82, we had such good teachers. I, we had great history teachers and great English teachers. And they, they actually taught a lot of content, stuff that I still remember today um, that, that my wife will be watching Jeopardy. My wife would go, how do you know that? It's like, I learned that from Mr. Johnson in 11th grade. And it's like, <laughs> I, I, I don't, I, I don't know. I just think that I really attribute a lot of it to them being so good at their job and they love their job. Unlike a lot of teachers today, it seems like, you know, they're, they're mailing it in a lot of times just because, you know, the, the way they're treated, maybe, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Well, they can't do anything. And a kid wants to be disruptive in class. You, you can't do anything. You just, and some of these lefty states, you're just setting and there's nothing you can do about it. Things have changed a long mm. ways from when, when I went to, to high have. school. I, I did struggle with uh, writing English. I got away with <laughs> when I was uh, in high school. Uh, if I could, I would ask the teacher, can I just give an oral book report and, and talk about it and do it that way? Because I was good being in front of the class. They were like, great. They didn't have to stand up and teach oh, anymore. <laughs> so I, I gave... I mean, it was so bad. I had a book that was, oh, uh, probably about two and a half, three inches thick. I mean, it was this monster-ass book big war that piece. I had to report on. I hadn't even opened it until the period before oh in shop God. class. I ch told the shop teacher, I said, <clears throat> between theater and stuff, I said, I just haven't got a chance. I need to kind of skim through this. He goes, oh, okay. I was the shop steward for the <laughs> high school anyway. What <laughs> class? So I sat there and I'd read like about four pages, flip about 60, read four pages, flip about 60 and get the general gist of what was going on and gave a report on that. The the, the Richard Durrington Cliff Notes. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> and uh, I usually did well. So I didn't learn to write like you should. Yeah. You want to know where my best English class was at? When I became the feature editor for the college, for the Boise State University uh Arbiter. I was the feature editor in my freshman year when I went to college because oh that's gosh. the year I went to college. I had a, <laughs> they had a scholarship. I uh, was very fortunate. 600 kids tried out. They gave out five. Yay, I got one. And then went, why am I here? Then you and quit after a year. Went, okay, I'm done shopping. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> that's what a lot of it is. You're shopping. <laughs> yeah. You know, so on the uh, 24th, it'll be 48 years for us. So fantastic. Fantastic. So I guess I shot pretty good. You do. Or at least found one that uh, couldn't go into the deep end of the pool because she doesn't swim well. So that's what she gets for paddling around in the shallow end. <laughs> this is who she gets. <laughs> Barbara with. doesn't swim well either. You know, I'm a terrible shopper apparently because I didn't find her until I was 24. So, I mean, it, it took me quite a while. I mean, I had a. I, I, <laughs> I had to bring a lot of things back <laughs> to hang on to the receipt on this one. It's like, cause I don't know. <laughs> oh my gosh. If you're listening out there, I'm not talking about you. So, um, <laughs> Oh boy. Speaking of school, I, I came across yeah. a survey uh, that was made in 2017. It's from the innovation center for us dairies and you being a, a farmer. Can appreciate. Yes. Well, my, my grandfather was a dairyman. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm very familiar and I'm very partial to farmers. I know how hard the work is. I, I sure. learned to drive a tractor and then learned to work with grandpa. And he always paid us when it was, um, had to bring in three different cuttings of hay and, and help feed the calves and all that kind of stuff in the summertime. I love being over there. Yeah. Um, but you would work, you know, 
child labor laws. Mm, it's got to get done. And I love driving the tractor, man. I was good at it. I don't know why. Seven years old, it was like piece of cake. Well, and it was something you could do. So yeah, yeah, I mean, you were you weren't you weren't bailing hay or anything at seven. So no, um, you know they they ask questions of the of uh, high school kids. I think it was high school seniors. I don't remember exactly, but they asked them where chocolate mil- milk comes from. <laughs> Oh, seven percent said brown cows. Forty-eight <laughs> percent had no idea. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my gosh! And uh, and and I don't remember where the other the other forty. What would that be? Forty-five percent where they came down. I, I think they just shrugged their shoulders and walked away, or they were vaping or looking at their phone. They weren't they weren't paying any attention. Um, but in uh, in 1935, and this is probably the reason why there were 6.8 million farms in America. Right now, there's only two million. Uh, individually owned farms, not uh, not the conglomerates that we all know and and, and love and hate, whatever. Uh, but th- in, in 1935, 70 percent of um, of uh, employees, people working full time, were in the ag industry. 1935, and right now we're only at about one percent. So you know, it's not part of our lives anymore, uh, for better or for worse. But I think that's why we just don't have any horse sense anymore. Seemingly, um, I, I, <laughs> I was such a mean dad. Uh, my oldest was maybe two and the wife was uh, expecting with the second one. And we were at a state fair and they had, uh, uh, in Boise anyway, there's a big window where you can stand outside and watch the cows get milked. Mm-hmm. Well, the whole scenes were going through and, and they have what's called a, a, a sight glass. So when you, uh, plug up the four their teats. I didn't grow up hearing that's what they were called. So I'll, I'll try and keep it. That is not (laughs) how my father referred to them. I didn't know. When I first heard teats, I went, what? So anyway, uh, but at any rate, (laughs) my father used to make reference to someone worthless was worthless as teats on a bull. We'll we'll leave it there. Same kind of thing probably. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. On on a bar hall. Um, but, uh, but anyway, so, uh, they're, they've got the, the four quarters are there. And then when it's milking, it comes in this little bitty round sight glass. It's probably about two and a half, maybe three inches across before it goes into the, into the milker and so then that we were watching the the whole scenes the black and whites they went through and then here comes some brown swiss yeah i know the different kind of cows anyway the brown (laughs) swiss were coming through and they were milking i went that's where chocolate milk oh she was all excited and she's watching that side glass and it comes out just white and her face (laughs) dropped and i'm just roaring how mean is that to do to a two-year-old two years old oh yeah at least at least she was two and that's why she bought it these kids were in high school so yeah it's like no you that's no and and jerseys they're brown no it's just a jersey gives more cream than uh a holstein uh, they don't give as much poundage but they're easy going generally jerseys are pretty hey what's happening they're like, <laughs> <me>. <laughs> they, they don't some of the holsteins can be cranky mm. and then there's others they're they're just like people they have different personalities a lot of cranky people out there <laughs> cranky cows and cranky heifers yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. what it is there's a lot of cranky heifers let's leave that's it there right. they, they haven't had a little one yet <laughs> um <laughs> or as grandpa called them springers i don't know oh yeah let's see. that was his term so oh, you know they, yeah you, i grew up on a farm more. and then i got into cleaning chemicals for dairies and dairy farms so i had one large one in uh in idaho that was a thousand head 
That's a lot of milking. Oh, boy. They only closed down the parlor for about two hours in the morning and two hours um, in the late afternoon. But they will milk all night and almost all morning. No breaks. Gee. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, well, when you got a thousand head. Yeah. Yeah. Gee. Nowadays, they got uh, dairies. I follow a gentleman, uh, uh, Iowa dairy farmer. He does a good job of explaining stuff. And some of these people say, oh, you don't want that. It, that milk is just white pus. No, it's not. Every, everybody's an expert on online. Uh, and they've never been on no. a farm. They haven't got a clue in hell how it works. So, you know, I grew up uh, stirring the cream into your glass. You'd put milk in your glass and then you'd stir the cream yeah, in before you my wife it. had the same thing i didn't do that but my wife said she had she would get it it would be all sitting at the top so yeah yeah um, mm. and we'd make butter and that kind of it, eh, mostly just butter out of it we didn't do much else with it but yeah. so mm. anyway yeah no i i'm an old farm boy i, I understand how that works and i time i tell somebody that uh, i had a, a uh, talking to misconceptions, an office manager of uh, uh, the laundry company I was working with. Oh, you, because I got three and a half acres here. Oh, you should get a cow and then you can get milk whenever you want. Mm -mm. <laughs> oh, hell no. You don't get it whenever you want. You go out and milk Bessie twice a day, every day, 365 days a year, whether you want to do it or not. She's got to get milk. They think it's like chickens. You know, you're going to go out and get eggs every day. And it, it, yeah. it, just, it just takes care of itself. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to do anything, feed them or nothing. It's no. just a piece of cake. It just happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I understand farming stuff, so. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That, I don't have because I don't want to take care of them every day. I'm lazy. <laughs> I will put a couple of stairs out in the. Oh, that was the other thing. Daughter going through the. After watching the cows, we went through the barn, and of course they got show bulls and stuff, and the bulls got some big cojones hanging. Oh, that's where they get milk. I'm going. Mm. Don't think he's gonna like that no, a whole lot. No, no. I mean, I suppose you could try <laughs> <laughs> for a little bit, but not very long. Not, not very long. Yeah, you might end up. In... Anyway, um, speaking of speaking of heifers, uh, no, I gosh, I, yeah, I shouldn't have said that. I gotta. I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to edit that. No, I probably won't edit this out. Anyway, our vice president. <laughs> Recently explained AI, and and I, that's a terrible segue. Recently explained AI, and again, it was like she was explaining it to a four-year-old. Here she is. And I think the first part of this issue that should be articulated is AI is kind of a fancy thing. It's first of all, it's two letters. It means artificial intelligence, but ultimately, what it is is it's about machine learning. And so the machine is taught. And part of the issue here is what information is going into the machine that will then determine, and, and we can predict then if we think about what machine, what information is going in, what then will be produced in terms of decisions and opinions um, that may be made through that process. Mm, mm, mm. I, 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 I've completely huh? zoned out. <laughs> what? 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 That made about it percent. Sorry, it's two letters. It's it's a i. Yes, thank God it wasn't the time that they invented the two letters to call it. Because time with inventing letters. 
<laughs> I am timed out. She has said that in so many different oh, speeches. I know, I know, I know. We actually, there's a montage. I need to go pick that up and, and play that one time. <laughs> yes, there um, is. She, here's, here's 40 seconds. I'm going to go over on our first break here, but uh, this is her talking about culture at, uh, at some kind of essence conference. So uh, this is even better. Well, I think culture is, it, it is a reflection of our moment and our time, right? And, oh, no. <laughs> and, and present culture is the way we express how we're feeling about the moment. And, and we should always find times to express how we feel about the moment. That is a reflection of joy because, you know, it comes in the morning. <laughs> we have to find ways to also express the way we feel about the moment in terms of just having language and, and, and a connection to how people are experiencing life. And I think about it in that way, too. Mm. Uh, you know, we're going to have to give you a break now because you're going to have to digest that and really kind of work that over. <laughs> because I mean, Life and time and, and uh, what? She's she's so good. I mean, what are you going to do? Um, she, I like the way she explains it to me. Like I like I just got to the planet, which is really helpful a lot of times. So it's, AI is two letters. <laughs> I got that part. <laughs> All right, we're we're up against a break. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, Biden be tripping. Uh, so hang in there. We'll be right back. The old guys return with more. Stay off my lawn in just a minute. God help us. With more ways than ever to connect to news and entertainment, 90% of new car buyers want that tried and true AM FM radio option. That's because your local radio stations are reliable, trustworthy, and bring you a local connection that can't be replicated. Not to mention it's free. No subscription or cellular data required. More than 80 million Americans each month depend on AM for their news, weather, local sports and entertainment, plus talk radio. Help keep AM radio an option in new cars. Text AM to 52886. You'll get an auto-filled email letter to send to Congress urging them to keep AM radio in cars. Again, text AM to 52886. Brought to you by your friends at the Stay Off My Lawn podcast. Welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn, segment two. And uh, there was one uh, story that I forgot to talk about. The administration somehow has gotten uh, a little bit of debt forgiveness, even though the original bill that he had proposed got uh, got squashed. I don't know how he got this one through. I didn't look. Uh, executive order. I, 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 I can answer that. Okay, go, like. go ahead. Uh, oh, okay. I'll, I'll do it now then. <laughs> what? Well, why not? You're here. They found. They, well, <laughs> I guess if I got to talk, okay, whatever. Uh, well, they found a loophole in the from the Secretary of Education. There's a deal in there where they actually can do their own budget, but I don't uh. think they can have this much. Uh, I don't think this will go either because it's it's forgiving stuff or somebody's got an issue. Okay, that's one individual, not thirty eight billion dollars yeah, worth. So it's so, too big, and I don't think this will go through either. It's going to be $39 billion and yeah. affect 800,000 people. I mean, all you're doing is teaching people that uh, 
that, you know, the, the, the loan that you signed up for, no matter what it's for, you don't have to pay back eventually. Or I don't know whether it's going to be $10,000 a person. I don't know all the details on this, but all I know. It's weird. It's like you've had to have paid for like 20 some odd years was one thing I read and you have to have had blah, blah, blah. And so, and what it mostly is, is my understanding is they are correcting, um, mathematical errors. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. What, our government makes mathematical errors like the six billion dollars. Oopsie, forgot to include that for Ukraine. Oopsie. Well, you know, I went a little crazy on Amazon uh, a few months ago. Can you? And that was a mathematical error in my head. Can you just pay that off for me? I mean, that would be fine. <laughs> just, uh, no, nobody. It, it, it that that specifically drives me crazy is when when these kind of things come out because it's blatant buying votes it's blatantly because we're coming up on election cycle it, it I, I just have I, i've got no patience for it and and those of us on our side of the aisle are we see it for what it is even when a republican does it i see it for what it is and that's just stupid and we should never get involved in any, anything like that and but here it is so but uh uncle joe be tripping one way or the other <laughs> Let's just move on because he's just buying votes and I don't, uh, and people are complaining that they need to pack the, the Supreme court. No, they're doing what they're supposed to do, which is, it is not within our constitution. You can't do that. Yeah. They're not, they say, oh, they're making up laws. No, they're not. They're following the laws that are written. I realize that's a new concept for some of you on the left, but I had that conversation many times over the whole Roe v. Wade being turned over. And it's like, well, now they're, they made abortion illegal. It's like, they have done no such thing. They've turned it back over to the states because the constitution doesn't give them the power to control any of that. I mean, there was there was no talk of that when the Constitution was written, so it, it can't be within their purview. So it has to go back to the states, and they have to make their own laws. And it, yeah. But a lot of people, because of the way the media presents stuff, they, they think that's what it is. Yeah, because the media lies about things, too. They, they don't have a clue. It's like, well, we need to get rid of the Electoral College. No. <sighs> Do you understand how it works and why it works the way that it does? And it's not a popular vote when it's the president. Right. Popular vote in your local elections is one thing. Right. That's right. a whole nother matter. And the federal government does not run individual state when they're having elections. So Correct. stay out of it. That's the way it's set up. And it works very well. And and, it, and there's specific reasons we're not going to go into right now why that electoral college is put in place. Maybe we should have something about that in a, in a future episode. Well, because, it's an election year. Yeah, let's, yeah. Uh, we'll see what we can come yeah, up let's with. Do that. That. Anyway, oh, Joe keeps falling over. It's simple. You know, it's like the cardboard cutout dolls you have with the little cardboard stand <laughs> yes. in the back. They don't have one that's long enough to hold him up. Well, because that, if, if it's in the back, then he just falls forward. <laughs> What's going to stop that? And if well, those if you've ever seen your sisters playing with, well, you may not have had sisters um, no. playing with the little, they fall over forward a lot. Oh well, see there you go. I don't know. Backward, not so much. Forward, eh, but you know, if problem. he hits his face, because his face looks really, really stretched. I think the uh, the plastic surgery. <laughs> if he hits, it might just rip the whole thing. I mean, it just oh, don't. It's the latex that they put yeah. on there. Whatever it is, it looks really creepy. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather see orange than that personally, but uh, <laughs> because the orange man, it's still bad. But uh, you know, everybody. <laughs> oh gosh, well you know. Yeah, the, I- 
Yeah, he'll trip over a, a snail crawling across the stage. It doesn't matter what it, it doesn't is. Matter. There's, there's nothing there, Joe. I saw one for the guy was when he tripped on, uh, where was it at? Uh, oh, I think at the Navy graduation or something. Uh, Air the, Force Academy. Yeah. Air Force Academy. Yeah, That's yeah. what it was. Um, and the guy's going, okay, yeah, like we talked about, all right, go up the steps. All right, got that. And going to need to find that again. I yes, think it's I really, it. really good. <laughs> that is hilarious. No, not that, General. Oh, geez. Joe, we talked about this. <laughs> yes, it is done perfectly. You know, he, he trips all the time. Remember, he tripped going up the stairs to Air Force One uh, three times in, in, in like six he seconds. He did it again. He just did it this week. Yeah. Trip getting into Air Force One again. It's like, really? They well, the, haven't changed things. Um, no. The media loves to cover for him, though. When when he uh, tripped over something, it was a while back. I, it might have been the one on the uh, – he, he does it so often. I don't remember which one it was. But MSNBC hosts tried to cover for it by saying that people trip and fall all the time. They even said that the hosts themselves trip and fall all the time. Now, I, I got a question for you. Do, you. do you trip and fall all the time? No. No, me neither. I I. <laughs> I, I'm an old fart and, and we'll be older here soon, but yes, your birthday's coming I, up. Yeah. I, 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 no, no, I don't. me neither. I can't remember the last time I fell, uh, in, for any reason. Uh, but Mika Przinsky, she's a, a co I think, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Probably doesn't matter to her either. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> she's a co-host of morning Joe over at M MSNBC oh. God, and, that's uh, horrible. and it says that Joe, his tripping really isn't even his fault. Here she is. Well, I think his staff needs to own his age. I'm just going to be honest. I don't think they do a good job helping out the president. And I'm not talking about it like I'm just saying if you are managing a president's schedule and you are managing a president getting on stage and getting off stage and doing getting on planes and getting off plane. And yes. He's 80. You need to be there for him and you need to make a pathway and you sure as hell better make sure he doesn't fall on a sandbag. And I blame the staff for that. I mean, these are the things that are going to hurt him. These are things that are going to be played on a loop. OK, so do a better job because you can't have these video images of the president tripping or the president like going the wrong way. It's not going to work in this presidency because his age is going to be a factor. You think? Wow. <laughs> it's, it, do you realize that if Trump would have ever even slightly stumbled, oh my God, it would have been in the news for a week. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's incompetent. He's not. They were trying to say, oh, he's, he's not mentally fit. And it's like, what the hell are you talking about? And this was coming from Pelosi. Oh, uh, uh, like the hell. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, extra cup. Most like, of the time. One talk show host calls her grandma vodka, which I think that is just perfect. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's it's uh it's Jesse Kelly. If you ever listen to Jesse Kelly, he's on from six to nine at night. I listen to him while I do my yard work. He's great. Uh he's very, very funny. Um, but uh yeah, I mean really poor, poor Joe. Poor Joe. I mean, come on now. <laughs> they but, need to do a better job of you know what it sounded like if you if you made that uh a little one. They need to do a better job of baby proofing where he's at. Make it. I mean, essentially, make, that's what it is. You baby proof yeah. your house so the kids don't get into the bad stuff or this cupboard or that. You know, you have to make a path he, for him. Are you serious? I mean, she's just. He uh, won't follow it anyway. Uh, no, he gets no. up and the interview's over. He just gets up and leaves, and I they haven't that. cut to commercial. He just walked. That was off. on NBC Meet the Press or something. Yeah, he just got up yeah. and walked away. <laughs> 
Okay, well, thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm done. She covered for it well, though. I got to give her credit. She kind of like, she kept going. She was a consummate professional. Well, he has other appointments and is, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the news media is so complicit in a lot of garbage and misinformation. Talk about misinformation. Exactly. If they were treated like the media was in the Nuremberg trials, it might slow them down a tad. <laughs> I would think so. But, you know, he's always lacked decorum, though. I mean, he's always said things off the cuff that didn't, uh, you know, that was just offensive or, or whatever. He just didn't, well, you know, uh, like he said uh, during the campaign, he said something about poor kids are just as good as uh, as good as white kids. <laughs> it's like, do what? So, I mean. Tell me you're talking about black kids without <laughs> telling me you're talking about black it's, it's, it's just it's like what, what? What do you? How else do you interpret that? Are they, you kidding me? Then they try to call Trump a racist, and like, but this guy is like said so many racist things. It's like, oh my gosh. Anyway, wow. <laughs> FBI director has been in, a, in front of the. <laughs> Last week, in front of the uh, the Congress, quite a bit, and uh, my my buddy Matt Gates from Florida has been uh, doing a little bit of grilling, and it uh, hasn't been smelling so good. Here he is. The American people need to understand what just happened. My call, my Democrat colleague, just asked the director of the FBI whether or not they are buying information about our fellow Americans, and the answer is, well, we'll just have to get back to you on that. Sounds really complicated, but I have other questions. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not has no oh, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. Because to, ev to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. You know, we have we have such great young congressmen. Unfortunately, all these questions and everything don't end up in any kind of charges or any kind of uh, removal hearings or anything like that. Nothing Cong changes. Congress has no teeth when it comes to this stuff. The DOJ, which worked for the for the administration, they they're they're not going to do anything. So, uh, well, um, yeah, and then all they try to do is dig up dirt or make up dirt. <clears throat> on those that are doing the grilling and that are pushing these narratives forward that should be pushed because it's not the right thing to do. So, uh, you know, I, I get tired of seeing that as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Just, uh, anyway, uh, he, he kept going. Um, let me see. Let's, let's go, let's ch skip this one to go to Chip Roy. Chip Roy. Um, oh, I love him. Was yeah. He's another great congressman. I, we've got so many good ones anymore. The, uh, he was talking to the FBI director uh, and this is, uh, where he was talking about the rest of Mark Houck. I don't know if you remember who that is, but he was a pro-life activist who was arrested. I think it was in Baltimore more at gunpoint in his home in front of his wife and children by a bunch of ah, FBI yes. agents. Uh, and, and it was, um, it was really a fiasco. All the charges were dropped eventually, uh, because there was, there was nothing to see here, but, um, this is Chip Roy giving him a little bit of heck. How on earth did Mark Houck end up having the FBI send several armed agents along with local authorities to arrest him at gunpoint? And do you approve it? Did you approve of that? Well, let me start where you ended. 
decisions about the manner uh, of an arrest are not something that the FBI director approves. I defer to and rely on the judgment of the experienced career agents on the ground who have both the most intimate understanding of the facts and of the training experience to decide how best to effectuate an arrest. Do you know who, who did order it? On uh, my understanding is that that arrest was conducted in our Philadelphia division uh, by career agents with a combined 40 years of do, FBI Do you experience. approve of the raid now in retrospect? Well, do you think it was appropriate? It, do you think it was appropriate for a father to have armed FBI agents along with local agents go to his home, arrest him at gunpoint for alleged violation of the FACE Act a year after the alleged incident, after the father had said through his lawyer that he would appear voluntarily, do you believe that FBI agents should go to the home of a father in Philadelphia suburbs? I'm not going to second guess the judgment of the career agents on the ground who made the determination. Cover cover story. Uh, if you're curious of what the FACE Act is, the FACE stands for Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. Uh, House faced a, a maximum of, of 11 years in prison because he was outside of a, 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 a clinic that uh, was doing abortions. And, and uh, so anyway, he uh, all those charges were dropped. He's, he uh, was charged with two separate federal charges, uh, which were eventually dropped. So thankfully that happened. Anyway, uh, we're up against another break. We come back, we're going to have uh, Matt Gates again. Ta- this time he's going to be talking to uh, uh, the FTC chair. So hang in there. We'll be right back. The Stay Off My Lawn radio show and podcast. More satisfying than having exact change. Hi, I'm Jimmy Buffett. Save the Manatee Club has helped to protect imperiled manatees and their aquatic habitat for decades. But there's still more work to be done. Threats from cold weather, red tides, pollution, and boat collisions continue to take their toll on the manatees. So let's work together to safeguard the manatees and the places they call home. Be the friend they need. Visit SaveTheManatee.org. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn, segment three, and we're still talking about uh, the, uh, the the federal government talking to the, F, uh, the FBI director, and they actually talked to the FTC director. Uh, her name is Lena Khan. I had never heard of this woman before, but they had talked about a company I had not heard about before, but all of us should know about. It's a company called Cochava. Here's Matt Gates again. Let's go to another evil company, Cochava. Cochava is uh, one of these data brokers that you're going after, right? That's right. And the American people should know that Cochava geolocates where people go to church and then they sell that data to commercial enterprises, right? That's right. That's real creepy, isn't it? I believe most people would have that reaction, yes. I got onto the FBI director yesterday for their creepy FISA activity, and now we have Cochava literally selling to people, oh, well, this is a Baptist. This is a method. This is someone who goes to temple. Are you going to get these people and stop them? So we have a pending uh, lawsuit. We filed it last year. Uh, The court dismissed it. They gave us the opportunity to refile. We just refiled an amended complaint. Uh, And we think it's urgent to act here because, you know, the types of 
stigmatization and harms that can stem from being able to track and sell people's sensitive geolocation information is just critical for us to be addressed. We didn't like it when the FBI was wanting to infiltrate the Catholic churches. And I don't know that I want the data brokers to do the same. And by the way, we've even seen how the FBI is using the data brokers to do an end run around the Fourth Amendment. So I really want to encourage your work in this space. And I hope that your litigation against Kochava is, an, is something that creates precedent. And you know what? If it, There's been criticism of some of your losses in court, but we as sophisticated lawyers know sometimes that a motion to dismiss an initial complaint can create a pathway to an amended complaint to achieve relief. And so if the laws are insufficient to stop data brokers from selling information about where my constituents worship, and if the laws are insufficient to stop Ring from these activities, I really hope you'll work with us to change those laws. And all of Mr. Buck's points are, are really central to this because if Congress is bought off, if people are just coming here to beat you up over what email account you use or what trip you've been on to Europe, I think it misses these things that are far more central to the life that our constituents lead. You know, historically, this uh, this Lena Khan, I, I read a little bit about her. She um, she's not necessarily been on the conservative side of anything. She's she's always <laughs> been, uh, but I think she's starting to come around. She's starting to see that this is uh, this is very um, uh, Russian almost tactics. You know, this is KGB uh, stuff. Someone with a conscience that can see this is not America. This this right. is what we're doing here is not right, mm-hmm. and. Good for her, but by the same token, yeah, she wasn't uh, trying to defend a lot of it. Nope, we're aware of that, and this is what we're trying to – it's like, okay, you're going to have a bunch of laws enacted. There's so much digital, and yes, I do have cameras around my place too, mostly to check on the – can't call them coons, can I? That's what the term is. But Uh, anyhow, Do we have to edit that out or (laughs) – yeah, I don't know. But, uh, <laughs> Just call it raccoons. It'd be all right. It's yeah. a raccoon. How do you know they're uh, raccoons if they're wearing masks? Just, just uh, they're trying to be incognito. Yes, that's it. Yeah, right. that's the will, word of the day. Uh, incognito. Usually, yes. the cats will eat most of the the cat food. I have barn cats, and they're there for a reason. They do get catch gophers. They catch mice. Blah blah blah. And I got one that comes around and has made a lot of little ones while the <laughs> raccoons will come and they will actually attack and eat the little ones. Oh no. Uh, the little kittens. So it's like, eh, okay, I, I've got plenty here, but animals eh, do what animals do though. Unfortunately, it's just the way it goes. Yeah. So, so anyhow, the cameras yeah. for that or to see who's delivering stuff or whatever the case might be. I mean, we're out here in the boonies. There ain't a whole lot around us. So, um, but we do keep tabs on things. So. Yeah, we, we don't have Ring, but I've I've got some uh, a couple of di- I got two different brands of cameras. One was an old brand that I bought a while ago, and a couple of those still work, so I have those running. But I've got I think I've got six cameras just in different areas because you just don't know. You don't want anybody messing with your vehicle. I leave my truck outside. Uh, you don't want anybody trying to break into the gate to go in the, my backyard and and you know drown in the pool or or whatever. You know you just don't want any of that stupid stuff going on and. Um, I mean, we, and we live in a very safe neighborhood, but you just don't know. You just don't know people, but yeah, all these cameras everywhere. And now you've got these, um, uh, deals like, uh, what was the name of that company again? Cochaba. Cochaba. Yeah. I, I, I had missed this one. I hadn't heard yeah. that, but they're going, Oh, there's a wave that we can survey. And you don't know you're being watched when it's coming from a satellite that's going over the earth. You have no clue. Yeah. 
And that's just wrong. Not only that, though, I don't know if you've noticed this, but if you have a Gmail account, every month they send you an email saying that your your monthly... Um, oh yeah, where you been? Yeah, you're tracking or whatever. They're, they they know exactly where you've been, how long you stayed there, and what route you took to get there. Yep, so, you drove the most on the 26th, and that's a freaking email address that you signed up for. You didn't sign up for all this other stuff. I mean, I don't remember signing up for all the other stuff. No. Um, but I've I've got several Gmail accounts, and they all send me something like that every month. It's like I know I didn't agree to this, and if I did, I was sort of like. Uh, you know, yeah, like arguing with a woman. You know, you don't want to go through all of it. You just say agree and 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 submit. And, and yeah, oh, they got fifteen pages for the TOS terms yes. of service for those of you not familiar. <laughs> and you you start reading it, and then when your eyes glaze over and you wake up and you're still on page two, you kind of go, yeah, whatever, and just moving on. They're they are written in such legalese, garbledy, gubbity gook that it's like, who the hell reads it? It's, no, nobody reads it. Nobody. Reads it, they've done that and written it all in that so that it's like, oh, you didn't do this. So we're going to wait a minute. What the where was that? Oh, it's in the turn the yeah. TOS. Yeah. Okay. You need sure. a law degree to read a lot of it anyway. I mean, oh. it's like you just don't yeah. I don't know. I, I you know, and, and normally I don't really care. They're uh they're they're following me, you know. I, I, oh, he went to the grocery store on Thursday. Let me write that down. It's like, you know, I mean, it's not not that I'm I'm, I'm going hanging out in, in strip clubs or whatever. I mean, it, it's it, but you know, it it doesn't even matter. I would I would still want people like Matt Gates and, and Chip Roy and, and all those guys to to make sure that this is managed to where this is not something that goes on or goes on even more so than what we, is already happening. So I'm I'm glad that there's somebody out there at least making it to where we all know about it now anyway. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things like us, you know, the, the car may set for a week and a half. Yeah. You don't even start the thing up. <laughs> I mean, I, I, but we've had it three years and barely have driven 20,000 miles in three years. Yeah. See it, but you have cheap insurance though. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the wife doesn't like it. I'm being followed that way too by my uh, car insurance company for both the pickup and the carts on my phone. She goes, I don't want, I don't want somebody keeping it. I don't mind. It's making my insurance less. It's okay. I'm being followed with everything else anyway. So. And we've signed up for Life 360, which is the same, you know, if you've got a, uh, I, I don't know whether it's for iPhone or not, but I've got Android, but it, it kind of, you can find out where you're, like, bar, bar, if I'm still at the grocery store, Barbara can pull up the the uh, the app and see that I'm still there and she can call me and say, hey, don't forget to pick up applesauce or something. So, I mean, it, it, it can be useful. I've got, um, we've got an account with our, uh, our niece and her husband down in Augusta. And so we get together with them quite frequently. So it's like, if they get stuck in traffic, I can see, well, we've got another probably 20 minutes. Look, it's all red lines in front of them because it shows everything. It's a great app, but yeah. you are giving up some of your, your privacy when, with yep. all that. But I mean, like, like you signed up for it and understand that yeah. when you signed up for it, not like, oh, hey, you drove a lot on the 26th. Yes. I was coming back home from a family reunion. Right. Right. Um, so gee, I'm surprised they didn't know that, uh, I was doing auctioning too. Like, I'm surprised they, they didn't know that you, uh, you had new underwear on that day either. So, I mean, <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you know, the, uh, the secret service says they closed the case on the, uh, on the case of the missing booger sugar. Um, 
<laughs> I took your line. I'm sorry. That was so funny last week. Oh my God. That was hilarious. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is such an absolute joke. As you were saying, the uh, the gentleman who killed those four college students up yeah. in northern Idaho, uh, I think his last name is Kohlberger, but they tracked him within a week driving uh, just a normal car that blends right in with everybody else's yeah. all the way across the country to Pennsylvania, trying to figure out who it was, what they could do. Right. And within a week, they found it. They can't tell whose this was. My eye. The most secure right. building in the in the world. And there are cameras. You think we got security cameras? Exactly. Holy crap. The White House is loaded with them. It's so. there for a reason. And where the blow was found was not where, oh, well, a tourist could have. No, they yeah. couldn't have. You can't get in the White House with something like that. You are practically strip searched with infrared <laughs> stuff and everything else to see what you've got or don't have on you. So the only ones that can be as family are not searched as they come into the white house, they go through a different entrance. Mm -hmm. Sorry, there's rules, regulations. And this comes from not from me, but from Dan Bongino, who was a secret service agent. He for knows how all that works. Eight years, something yep, like that. Yep. He understands what's going on. He goes, it is no, yeah. This is not how this works. Uh, you know, but that was the original story. It's like, well, you know, there could have been hundreds of people to go through there every hour and yada, yada, yada. And yeah, no, that's a flat out. They were lying. They abandoned that story, though. I was kind of surprised that they actually kind of backtracked a little. Then, of course, no apology. Uh, we, we gave you misinformation. You know, none of that. Yeah. But, mm. <laughs> and they wonder why nobody watches the the news stations or the national news. They have a rating of uh, 70%. Don't believe anything they're saying anymore. No, it's no. that bad. Exactly. It's 70%. I just saw the deal, and it's like, Wow. I don't know uh, if we were we were on the air or not when when I mentioned it. It's like I you know I thought I couldn't get more cynical and and more suspicious of what the government or the media tells me, but I think I have. I think the last couple of years has kind of really firmed that up in my mind that I don't believe Jack when they tell me uh, something is factual or especially what scientists say or experts say. <laughs> I'm like no, yeah. no. It's always experts. Yeah. Are they ever huh. telling you what experts or who they are? <laughs> no. I will listen to an expert like the, the doctor who kind of invented MRNA and he's saying this ain't good stuff. That's right. Dr. Robert Malone. Yes. Uh, but you know, what happens in vagueness stays in vagueness. <laughs> so, it's one of my favorites. Stays things. in vagueness. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but there's no fingerprints. Whoever this is, oh, you, know, you know, we were talking about this off the air. Why can't they just take everybody that was in the White House and that section of the White House or who, who came in and out of that door? Because like you said, there's got to be security footage. There's got to be. Uh, why not just take all those people, put them in a room. I don't care if it's Joe. I don't care if it's Kamala. Put them in a room and drug test them all. Who's Do it like Clue? <laughs> like Clue. Uh, it was, you hear on the night of October fifteenth? <laughs> it was Uncle Joe in the library with the with the cocaine. Yeah, um, <laughs> cousin Hunter or whatever. Um, so anyway, it, it, yeah, there's no logs. There's no nothing. So we're just going to close the case. It's just so dang suspicious. Anyway, we're talking about that kid. They found him and uh, so quickly, but yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, it, it's just the, when the majority of America goes, really? You don't know <laughs> whose it is? 
we know whose it is. How come you guys don't know whose it is? Well, Marsha Blackburn, the uh, senator from Tennessee, was recently interviewed, and uh, she was asked the same thing. It's like, what do you think about them closing this case? Here's what she had to say. That should be the sign to the American people that they know exactly who did this and why they did it, and to the minute when they did it, but they are choosing not to tell the American people this information. They don't want to share that information. So they're going to hide that information and saying, we're closing the case. We don't know who did this is the equivalent of saying we know exactly when, where, and how this happened, who did it, but we're not going to tell you because we don't want you to know. And by not telling us, we know. <laughs> by not telling us, you're telling us. Exactly. You know, it's uh, <laughs> like uh, like the, the Kamala or Joe's thing on, you know, tell us you're talking about black people without telling us you're talking about it's the right. same thing people exactly exactly well you know if you're if if you're voting for trump you're not black uh, <laughs> I, I heard him say that too so yeah i mean ah, it's just so apparent but nothing's ever going to get done about it so you know what yeah, are you gonna I, do? that's the problem is okay we heard all that and yeah. nothing no. not a damn thing is no. happening because uh, they're all under the auspices of the leftists. I blame and I'm talking I bl- liberals. I'm talking leftists. Yep. There is a difference. And I blame you people for hating Trump so much that you voted for this guy, knowing how much of a liar and how corrupt he's been over these years. I didn't know how corrupt, but he's always been kind of a yep. shady guy. So, I mean, come on now. Come on. He's never been a nice guy either. So yeah. that, that's all well, just a big the, lie. The, the vilification that, that Trump went through on the lies that they told about him, that was fine. You can't tell a lie about, uh, you can't tell the actual truth about Biden. Oh, Lord, no. Oh, Stop yeah, there yeah. right now. <laughs> can't have that. Anyway, uh, coming up, we got an, uh, an extra palate or uh, special palate cleanser that we're uh, we're doing for the month of July. We're, we're talking about uh, his, uh, historical. Oh, patriotic, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Patriotic. I stars and stripes hat on today. American. Yes, you do. You do. United we stand. Yes. That's right. <laughs> I forgot the patriotic shirt, so our, our promo does not have uh, uh, me in anything patriotic. So don't, don't hit me with hate mail. I got enough of it as it is. So when we come back, we'll have Paul Harvey. So hang in there. We will be right back. It's all about common sense and fun. We'll be right back. Now through Sunday, it's the sale of the century at West Bay Furniture Outlet. Living rooms, dining rooms, bedrooms, and more. Shop a name you've trusted for over 30 years. West Bay Furniture Outlet with free delivery and assembly. Plus, take another 15% off the lowest price with no money down, no interest, and no payments until next year. It's the sale of the century at West Bay Furniture Outlet. Open seven days a week or shop online at West Bay Furniture Outlet. All right, welcome back to Stay Off My Lawn, segment four, and we do have that special palate cleanser coming up here in just a minute, but we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the GOP candidates that have kind of, some of them shot themselves in the foot. Wow. <laughs> Major, they don't even have stems to walk on. They've shot so much. And uh, uh, Chris Christie is... Oh gosh, he's laughable. It, nobody's listening to him. He can't even seem to get a foothold. Then you have someone like uh, uh, I forget. I know Vivek is. I can't remember the rest of it. Ramaswamy, but I, I heard him talk a little, and he was doing something in front of Congress, and it, it didn't take but about two minutes of listening and going, 
holy crap, this yeah. guy is smart. I don't Certainly mean, is. yeah, he's smart. I mean, wow. Off the charts. You know, yeah. yeah. Tell me you're smart without telling me you're smart. That's someone who don't have, who don't have to, he don't have to do it. No way. <laughs> Not like oh. us. Not like us. We have to convince you that we're smart, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but when Biden was saying, yes, and I've got all these degrees and I finished in the upper half of my, no, you didn't. All of it, every single piece of that was nothing but a lie. Yep. He ain't got one degree and barely passed and barely uh, made it through school. Like in the lower, he was the lower uh, 2% of the class. Right. It, he didn't graduate you know, with three degrees. He didn't have, yeah, no. none of that stuff. You so. don't have to tell me you've done this if you've actually done it. And this Vivek, he don't tell you that nope. he's got all these nope. degrees and that he's done blah, blah, blah. He is extremely bright. And what I call a constitutionalist, he understands the Constitution inside and out yeah. and mm -hmm. knows what will make America of the great nation that it used to be before this current clown administration came in. And for being the uh, the the son of a of a of an immigrant that came in, I heard an interview with him again. The other, every time I hear an interview with him, he impresses me more. But he was yes. talking about how his parents came over from India that didn't have any uh, didn't have uh, you know any money at all. I mean, they have forty bucks in their pocket or something. I forgot what he said, but it's like they had nothing and they built themselves a decent life and got him to the point where and and you know like it or, or hate it, but uh, the the Asian community, a lot of them, the the Indians and the Chinese and the Japanese. They focus so much on education and and really getting people to have good work ethics and getting their kids to have good work ethics and they're brought up correctly. And he is one of the he's a, a shining star in that in that uh, especially compared to an average American in that yeah. whole scheme of things. He, he's a, a fantastic guy. Well, they, they have uh, high expectations for yes. their children and they're expected to live up to it, just like uh, our friend uh, Wesley Hunt. Uh, yeah. where everybody in the family has excelled because his parents expected them all to do well. And if you're not working at it, why not? Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, so it's expectations and not just a, uh, gee, how many, uh, baby mamas can you have? That's, that's not a number that you need to work on. I was talking so. to my son about that the other yesterday, as a matter of fact, he was, we were talking about, uh, you know, he, cause he's got the two daughters now. And it's like, there's so many parents that, that kind of look at their kids. It's like, well, they, they live here and I just got to keep them out of the way or out of trouble. I need to play my video games. I need to go outside and vape. I need to do, you know, I, I just, they're, they're almost a nuisance as opposed to a little adult that you're, you're forming and you're, you're trying to, uh, to, uh, make a decent adult once they get older. And I, that, that whole thing is missed now. Yeah, children seen and not heard is not a way to raise them no. up. And I always tried to be a teacher. And, and one time my, my granddaughter, I was, we were standing up when she was like nine, I swear to God, she was 30. She goes, what are these kids doing out here playing in this cul-de-sac? Don't they <laughs> know that they could get hurt? I'm going, who the hell are you really? And then, and then she'd go, you know, Papa, I think I learned the most from you. Oh, that was awful sweet. Yeah. But it's like, if there's a teachable moment, teach them about you use stuff. it. Yes. Let them know about it. Um, but so, I, I do think that the, as far as the candidates go, there's there's very few that are, are are doing well. And like I said, every time Vivek talks, he's done. He impresses me. Um, Chris Christie, I think we mentioned off the air. <laughs> that poor guy, man. He was supposed to have an interview with Clay and Buck, I think, one day last week, and he he was a no show. He ended up. He told me he was not feeling good, even though that morning he just did an interview with MSNBC or somebody. So I mean. He, 
he's in there to get a cabinet position for whoever is the uh, is the nominee, as long as it's not Trump, because Trump wouldn't give him. Uh, I don't think a, a time of day. No. Yeah, he keeps trying to put down, and the candidates that are doing nothing but uh, anti-Trumping it yeah. are the ones dropping like a lead rock yes, in the are. polls. Yes, and are. DeSantis just keeps showing that he's basically a rhino. He could have been the heir apparent in twenty-eight, but somebody got in his ear, chirped at him, and it's like, oh, you can be the president now. And it's like, while I like what he's done in Florida, hmm, he's just not talking like a good presidential candidate. Where he kind of got off track, I think, because I was big on DeSantis when he first came out. Everybody I know that uh, from Florida that still lives there that are, you know, they love him. Um, But I think he was doing well when he wasn't responding to what Trump was saying. I think yeah. when when he just kind of ignored it and kept going, I thought, man, this guy, this guy understands that this is this is political jargon, is political BS, and he's just rising above it and, and moving on. And now he's kind of engaging, which I thought, eh, you know, you lost it, buddy, you lost it. So I I, I don't know, I don't know how it's all going to shake out, but it's it's interesting to watch. But uh, our our special palate palate cleanser, uh, Paul Harvey, is talking about the history of great nations, which uh, is is fantastic. I've listened to this thing three or four times. It's it's really good for uh, us as Americans to understand how great nations are formed and what kind of things are uh, are, are found in those great nations. So here's Paul Harvey. Uh, I forgot what year this is from, but it's very very good. Now then, what makes a nation strong? Taxes. <laughs> There's nothing new about those either. The first income tax was paid by Abraham. It was written on a rock by the hand of divinity and handed to Moses at the top of Mount Sinai. And you might want to remember this. It was at the flat rate of 10%. It promised the wrath of God on anybody who tampered with or violated that law. Christ was born in Bethlehem because Joseph was on his way to pay his taxes. Joseph was a relatively well-to-do landowner of the house and lineage of David. Yet the taxes exacted by Caesar Augustus were so exorbitant that he didn't have enough money left over to employ a trusted messenger for the mission, so though his wife was great with child, he made the journey himself. And Christ was born in Bethlehem because Joseph was on his way to pay his taxes. And Christ was born in a manger because there was a housing shortage when he got there. Our problems are not new. At Runnymede, the Magna Carta was handed to King John on the end of a sword denying to royalty the right of unlimited taxation. Yet you know it was for us, the American people, to become the first in recorded history ever voluntarily to surrender our rights to private property. Oh, yes, we did. With an innocent-sounding constitutional amendment, the 16th, which says that Congress shall have the power to lay and collect taxes on incomes from whatever source derived. And we forgot to put any limit on the extent to which we could tax ourselves. Conceivably, we could be taxed out of all private property. We could be taxed not 70%, 80%, 90%, but 100%. We could awaken one morning and find that the government owns the farm and the house and the car and has a mortgage on the church, legally. Historically, whenever any nation has taxed its people more than 25% of their national income, initiative was destroyed and that nation was headed for economic eclipse. Presently, the American people are being taxed 33% of their total income. History says we'll roll forward on momentum for a little while, but we'd better get some more gas in the tank pretty quick. You see, ours is not the first by George good government to arise on the world stage. There have been several. Rome, Spain, and Greece, and China, and each enjoyed about 150 years at its zenith. That's just about our time in the new world. And then each decayed away. 
Not one of them was ever destroyed by anybody else's marching legions. Each rotted away morally, socially, culturally, economically, simultaneously. You know, one of the most cruel paradoxes of history is this. Because each was a good government, it bore bountiful fruit. And when it bore bountiful fruit, the people got fat. And when they got fat, they got lazy. When they got lazy, they began to want to absolve themselves of personal responsibility and turn over to government to do for them things which traditionally they had been doing for themselves. At first, there appears to be nothing wrong in asking government to perform some extra service for you, but if you ask government for extra services, government, in order to perform its increasing function, has to get bigger, right? And as government gets bigger, in order to support its increasing size, it has to what? Tax the individual more, so the individual gets littler. And to collect the increased taxes requires more tax collectors, so the government gets bigger in order to pay the additional tax collectors. It has to tax the individual more, so the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler. And the government gets bigger and the individual gets littler until the government is all-powerful. The individual is hardly anything at all. The government is all-powerful. The people are cattle. Now, some believe that the need is for a vigorous, strong man to arise on the scene to regulate and regiment the affairs of men. Yet history tells us there have been several such. Once upon a time, there was a nation great and powerful and good. She was suffering from the aftermath of war, from a depression. And then came upon the scene a leader, an idealist, self-confident, intolerant of criticism. Wisely, he limited his early activities to combating the financial depression. Nobody could argue with that. But in a while, he began to regulate business and establish new rules to govern commerce and finance. Some of them in diametrical disagreement with the God-made laws of supply and demand, but anybody who disagreed with those new rules was promptly fired. The new leader saw that under the old system of free enterprise, landlords prospered, so he levied new taxes to take away their profits and destroy what he called the monopoly of capital. To please laborers, he controlled prices. To win the favor of the farmers, he gave him loans and subsidies. The national debt mounted alarmingly. Whenever anybody tried to tell him that governments, even as people, can go broke when they spend beyond their incomes, he said they just didn't understand deficit finance. Well, what do you say? Did he build on rock or on sand? I say on sand. For you see, this was the story of Emperor Tsu Tung Po who led China to its doom more than a thousand years ago. I am satisfied with all my heart that if Uncle Sam ever does get whipped, here too, it will have been an inside job. It was internal decay, it was not external attack that destroyed the Roman Empire. Starting about 146 B.C., internal conditions in Rome were characterized by a welter of class wars and conflicts, street brawls, corrupt governors, lack of personal integrity and moral responsibility. About 290 years after Christ, a Roman emperor named Diocletian took over. He really grabbed the bull by the horns. He took over in a period of turmoil and severe depression. The first thing Diocletian did was call in the gold and close the banks and raise the taxes. He reduced the power of the Senate, delegated its power to a lot of little government bureaus. Do you know they even had a transportation act back there prescribing the fee required to rent one laden ass per mile? And at today's rate of exchange, it would have amounted to about one-eighth cent per mile, 
which meant that in order to make a profit, a jackass would have to carry five passengers? That was simply beyond the capacity of the jackass. Diocletian put millions of people on the public payroll, but when this failed to do the job, the country was still in trouble. He asked more personal powers for himself. For a brief while, incidentally, they were standby powers, but then he used them all at once. He froze wages, he froze prices, he froze jobs, he stopped profits, he dictated to the farmer what he should plant, when and how he should sell it, and for how much, and he rationed food. And what happened? The labor market closed down. Incentive was gone. Farm life became dependent on bureaucratic red tape. Exorbitant taxes cost the farmer his land. He kept for himself only a small plot on which he might grow turnips for his family. He lost the rest of it to the state. And without food and with incentive gone, city life stagnated and declined. And Rome passed into what history has recorded as the Dark Ages, lasting a thousand years. Just by turning to the left, the world has gone in circles. A nation would evolve from a monarchy into an oligarchy, from oligarchy to dictatorship, from dictatorship to bureaucracy, from bureaucracy to pure democracy, where finally the people would cry out from the chaos and confusion of the streets, oh, please, God, give us a king, and God would give them a king, and they'd have a monarchy again and start the whole silly cycle anew. Now, either we will profit from the errors of their ways, or it follows as the night, the day, our children are going to have to relive the dark ages all over again. How come after thousands of years of experiment, our new nation has come so far, so fast? All this in less than 200 years. What is the secret of our success? Well, I think it had to do with a basic American's creed. Perhaps it never passed the pioneer's lips in this form, but if it had, I think he would have said something like this. I believe in my God, in my country, and in myself. I know that sounds like a trite, too simple thing to say, and yet it's a rare man today who will dare to stand up and say, I believe in my God and my country and in myself, and in that order. When the early American pioneer first turned his eyes toward the West, there were only Indian trails or traces, as they were called, for him to follow through the wilderness. Do you know today you can roller skate from Miami to Seattle, from San Diego to Plymouth Rock? In this little bitty instant, as historical time has measured, our 7% of the Earth's population has come to possess more than half of all the world's good things. How come? Well, sir, when that early pioneer turned his eyes toward the West, he didn't demand that somebody else look after him. He didn't demand a free education. He didn't demand a guaranteed rocking chair at eventide. He didn't demand that somebody else take care of him if he got ill or got old. There was an old-fashioned philosophy in those days that a man was supposed to provide for his own and for his own future. He didn't demand a maximum amount of money for a minimum amount of work. Nor did he expect pay for no work at all. Come to think of it, he didn't demand anything. That hard-handed pioneer just looked out there at the rolling plains, stretching away to the tall green mountains, and then lifted his eyes to the blue skies and said, Thank you, God. Now I can take it from here. Now that spirit isn't dead in our country. It's dormant. It's been discredited in some circles, driven underground, but it isn't dead. It's just that a few seasons ago, politicians baiting their hooks with free barbecue and trading a Ponzi promise for votes, began telling us we don't want opportunity anymore, we want security. 
We don't want opportunity, they said. We want security. They said it so often we came to believe them. We wanted security. And they gave us chains. And we were secure. Suddenly, with our constitutional guarantees depleted, with our national character eroding away, with our tax laws penalizing those who dare to prosper, with workers concentrating on how little they can get by with instead of how much they can produce, suddenly we looked overhead one day to discover that the first tin moon in space was a Russian accomplishment, that free men dragging their feet had been outdistanced by slave workers dragging their chains. And we were sore afraid. Perhaps this was a disguised blessing, too. Maybe a dramatic accomplishment by this Cold War adversary was necessary to get us off our dead centers and back to work again. If we can revive in ourselves, then in our youth, something of that basic American's creed, the horizon has never, ever been so limitless. For man stands now on the threshold of his highest adventure of all, his first faltering footsteps into space. Twenty years from today, half of the products you will be using in your everyday living aren't even in the dictionary yet. We've got it made. If we just keep on keeping on, we've got it made. And if we don't, we will follow those other great nation states of history into the graveyard of ignominious oblivion. History promises only this for certain. We will get exactly what we deserve. Mm, mm, mm. You know, he alluded to that that old saying, and I couldn't I couldn't remember exactly how it went. I had to look it up. The hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men, and weak men create hard times. I think that that last part is where we're at right now as a country. Yeah, it's uh, nobody volunteers to go help somebody else out who needs some issue. This is why I like living out in the country, uh, being taken care of for things. And you you just do. You you figure out how to make do with what you have. And right now, everybody wants to be in the city and have, well, the government needs this. Support. No. And this giving money to uh, college students. No, I already paid. I helped pay my oldest daughter going into college. I already did the loan thing. I don't want to have my taxes go up to pay everybody else's. That's no. $39 billion is a lot. I mean, not compared to what we yeah. gave to to Ukraine, but I mean, it's, it's a lot of money. It's it's it's, it's a ridiculous amount of money. It's, uh, yeah, it, it just needs to come to an end. It's not a, well, we need to tax you more. No, it's not no. the taxing more that's the problem. It's the spending's got to stop. The, the, you know, if we treated our own checking account like, like like the federal government treats the the Federal Reserve, then we'd all I'd be in debtor's prison very very quickly, and yeah. so would so would everybody. So I mean, it, but that's where we need these uh, to elect these stronger men. You know, I, I, I and a lot of times you don't have a lot of good choices. I, I get that, but man, you got you really have to do some research as an American people, we need to do research on the people we're voting into office and figure out what they're truly for and whether they're trustworthy or not. I don't care whether they have a D or an R next to their, their name. If they have integrity and they have a, a view of the Constitution as something that we should live by, and uh, then that's who we should vote for, and that's who needs to be leading this country, not the idiots, most of them that are in Washington, D.C. right now. So, well, They had a bunch of rhinos in the House just pass a bill with the Democrats. Uh, that is not a good bill. Again, it's more taxation, giving away more money yeah. to 
minority stuff that I understand people need a hand up, but what it's done is it's created slums and that because they don't have their, they have no incentive anymore. Just like the people that are homeless. I've seen three different interviews with those. It's like, why do I want to get a job? They pay me like 800 bucks a month and that's enough to get by on and I can buy some pot and get high and have a nap and then wake up and go get something free to eat and come back and do it all over again. That is literally what was said. That was a Seattle a couple of years ago, or just maybe it was not even that long ago where they, they, um, uh, made legal you shooting up in the street. It was, it was okay to do that. You weren't going to get arrested for it anymore. Um, but you know, the, our recent history yeah, that's is not proven, going well. Either. No, they, it's not going well. They're rethinking that. <laughs> our, our, our recent history has proven that throwing money at, at problems does not fix them. You need, you need somebody who actually has a brain and go through and find these people work uh, I, I've got family members that are just that keep getting in trouble with the law. And the more you enable them to kind of get back on their feet and do their thing and live in the basement and the whole thing, it 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 just perpetuates it over and over and over. This guy's looking at it, he just went through his third felony. It's like I I, I just don't. <laughs> how do you not see what's happening anyway? Well, yeah, so. this is this is what makes a great nation is is doing what we used to do is pull yourself up by the old saying goes by your bootstraps, yeah. figure yeah. it out and do it. I've had severely hard times in my life. Sure. They've not been pleasant. We figured out how to get through them and start over again and make a life so that retirement, we're actually, we're not wealthy, but we're yeah. not going to starve. So, but I think those hard times are good. They're they're character builders. They're things that that increase your faith in God. That He's going to see you through these things. And I can look back on every one of those hard times that I've been through and go, I'm a better person on this side. I'm a more faithful person. I'm, I I have a, a better outlook on life now because of those hard times. And I think that that concept is kind of lost in in society today. They don't they don't look yep. at it like that. So well, well we've. Uh, um, we, we've gone extremely long. Yes, well, I would like to apologize for it, but I'm not going to, because I think what Paul Harvey said, and this has been pretty close to 50 years ago that yeah. he did this, uh, is it is so apropos dead on for what's happening today. Yep, I mean, yep. you wouldn't have known any different if you had, didn't know it was that far back. His advice like that is just timeless. So I, we're yeah. going to, we're going to hit you with more Paul Harvey in the future. So just buckle up buttercup. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We really appreciated having you here today, folks. We we do. We hope you uh, got some more informed like we did and had fun. Uh, don't forget you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, iHeart, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to look us up and see all of our current and past episodes at our website at uh, stayoffmylawn.us. Yes, that, that website, yes. <laughs> We'll see you next week, folks. Doodles. (laughs) Well, we had fun and hope you did too. The opinions heard here today are not those of anyone other than Mike and Richard. If it made you laugh or go, hmm, or even, huh, then we've done our job. Sort of. Mostly, anyway. And if we made you think about things in a common sense manner, we welcome you to the club. And if it didn't, then just... Day off my lawn. See you next time. <laughs>